Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Now, today's conversation is really a, a part two from last week, where we talked with Stan Campbell, who's been my mentor for years, and we talked with him about vision, mission, and core values in a company. And I mean, gosh, I, I thought the conversation was absolutely amazing. If you've not listened to it, you need to go back one week and do that. But I felt like it was important to give a different angle to that conversation. So last week, we covered why every company needs a vision, mission, and a set of core values, but it's easy to write that off and think, yeah, I know we should, or, well, yeah, we we do have a, a mission somewhere, but like, that's just fluffy stuff. Like, I'm, I'm busy now. I, I've, I've got orders that aren't coming in. My team members are quitting left and right, and, and I got to figure this thing out by working harder. And I, I want to give some perspective to why that is absolutely the wrong answer and why for I would say any company that does not have a clear vision statement, mission statement, and set of core values, why you really need to stop everything and figure this out because it will totally transform the way your team is aligned and how they work. And I want to explain that in my own company. So in today's episode, we actually have Matt Bradley and Sam O'Donnell from Wi-Fi as guests. And we are going to actually go through our vision, our mission, and our core values. We're going to talk about why we created them and what they have done to align us and galvanize us as we go to work every day. And And I'm telling you, like, This is not warm and fluffy kumbaya stuff around a campfire. This is hardcore business. I mean, it it honestly is. And, And the reason is that if you were to ask four different people in your company, what is your mission? Why do you exist? Most people would give you a completely different answer. Now, as the leader, do you want everyone in your company having a different answer to why they do what they do and what they're supposed to do? Like, no, you want people to be aligned. Otherwise, it's like when you're rowing a boat. If there's one person on that boat that's out of sync or rowing in a different direction, it doesn't matter how hard they work because it stops the entire boat. Very often when I talk with businesses, I'll I'll ask if a company has a vision, a mission, or core values. And I've heard some of the business owners say, well, yeah, you know, I, I created this and I'm trying to give it to the team. And I would say you want to create it with your team. Now, if you've already established a mission, vision, and core values that are very good, you believe in them, then the key is baking it into every process of your team on a regular basis. So it's not just a once a year thing you look at in the meeting. It's a day-by-day decision-making criteria. And as, as, as we get into this, like, truly, I mean, I believe that having rock-solid core values empowers you to delegate and empowers you to hire well. And I just know, speaking from our own experience, it has transformed our company. And it's something that on a regular basis, we are reviewing. So I'm going to jump out of the way and let you hear this conversation, but I have a lot of thoughts at the end. Joining me from Redmond, Oregon in Missoula, Montana is my team at Wi-Fire. I'm here with Matt Bradley, our partnership manager, and Sam O'Donnell, our director of sales. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks, Tim. 
Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually all been in the same place on a call together. So it's good to be back. A Zoom room together. Yeah, it's been that time of travel where, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Matt, I saw you in person. I saw Sam last week in Las Vegas, but we actually haven't had a team call in a little bit just with, with life and with travel and everything. So yeah, it's great to see you guys. You know, I want to jump in today. We just had Stan Campbell on the podcast and we talked about establishing vision and mission core values, goals, and objectives, why those things are so important as a company. And my my thought was to have you guys on because we spent a lot of time carving this out. And I feel like it's really important for for people to kind of know from from the folks who are actually doing these things, why it's so important. I think that there's a lot of leaders and owners and managers and companies that feel like you know, core values is like, it's fluffy. It's, it's, it's icing on the cake, right? I got to run my business every day. I can't, I can't take time to figure out core values. It just seems like, you know, some, uh, kumbaya conversation that we're going to have, not anything that's actually substantial. And so I, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about our experience going through and, and building those as, as we're a newer company, and then even jump into the core values themselves and talk about how that has affected our decision-making and, and we could kind of go from there. But maybe to start out, we we spent, what, the better part of three days putting this together. And I, I'd like to know, what was what was your guys' take as as you got invited in to, to jump into that workshop? There was a, a transformation for me. So, Tim, when, when you planned that trip, I originally was a little skeptical about spending three full days going over these three things. And part of that was because of tasks professional experiences. So for better or worse, I've worked for a lot of different organizations of all different sizes and scopes. And like you said, I think a lot of times the mission, vision, core values, they're presented to you when you show up and you first start, but by and large, they're mostly fluff. Um, But being able to work through this and create mission, vision, core values with our team um, for a new business was, I think, sort of a foundational experience for us. And has since been sort of the guiding light that that keeps us all on the same page and affects the way that we make decisions on a daily basis. So a, a great experience. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it was just super clarifying. Um, you know, I, I come from the world of teaching. That's what I was doing for a decade before I switched careers and, and started um, being the partnership manager here at Wi-Fi. And in teaching, you always start with your overall goals, right? And those goals are standards set by the state usually. Um, and then you think, okay, based on these standards and the content that I teach, how can I ensure that what I'm teaching meets those standards? And then you do what's called backward design. And that's how you plan your daily lessons. That's how you plan your assessments. And that all makes perfect sense. And what I felt like with Wi-Fi is even though I was kind of doing the daily task, you know, to keep the metaphor going, I was, I was teaching class every day, but I wasn't always sure what objectives I was trying to reach. What were my goals? And so going through this workshop definitely clarified that for me. Um, and even though I'm still struggling to to, to put everything I've learned into practice, you know, I'm still struggling to prioritize to, to be blunt. Um, I think the fact that we we've gone through this workshop has given me something to aim at and my aim might be pretty bad right now. It takes me back to my, my basketball days, <laughs> uh, my soccer days. Um, but, but, you know, my aim might be pretty bad, but at least I know that there's something to aim at and that's what I'm striving for. So before that, I, I kind of felt like I was just floating, but now I have purpose and direction um, you know, even though I'm fighting to fighting to find the exact path um, that that I need to take, so I, I think it was huge and, and super transformative, as, as Sam said, and it it just makes total sense to me. 
Yeah, it was for me too. I mean, I know that I kind of, I kind of, you know, forced the issue with, with us as a team, but I, I felt like it was so important. And, and I think I, we talked about this with Stan. I felt like it was incredibly important that I didn't lead it. I felt like I had to be with you guys in it, you know, being, being spoken to by somebody else. And, and at the same level as everybody, as we kind of, frankly, like argued through what are, what are these values going to be and what's our mission going to be. But I'm, I'm with you too, that, that there's been such a guiding light. And if you're in a new company like we are, or a company that's never established core values, or you're a new business owner, I mean, it's, you're not, you're not driving a car down a, a freeway that's got lines on the road, speed limits established, all that. Like you're, you're chopping down a path through a jungle and that takes time and, and it's hard to calibrate. And without that map or that, that North star of like, how are we going to get this thing move forward? I, I don't think that you can do it effectively. I think to your point, Matt, that like that you have to have that, um, you know, as thinking about this, so, so we started with our, with our vision and our mission. And then from there, we kind of had core values. And so we're, what I wanted to do was kind of talk about, like, you talked about the anchor, Matt, and we'll get into like specifically what the vision and mission is in a second, but especially for you, where you're in a role that really is like, it's never existed before. There's, there's not anything comparable to it. So you're, you're really, you know, flying the plane as you build it. How is having that, that mission and, and the, the vision of the company started to calibrate you? I think it comes back to when I'm, when I'm focused and centered and, and thinking clearly, the question always comes back to, you know, am I doing something that's helping our partners get the tools to create prosperity for themselves and make their lives better and the the lives they serve better. And so when I'm thinking clearly, it's that, it's that question that I can come back to and say, okay, if I have an option of five things I need to do, which when you work for Tim Reed, everybody out there, you've got a thousand things to do all the time because the dude doesn't sleep. No matter how many times you tell me, Tim, you're not that hard of a worker. I'll never believe you, but that's neither here nor there. Bottom line is when you got a thousand things to do, because uh, Tim Reed's your very energetic boss, you have to ask yourself the question, okay, which of these makes the highest impact for helping my partners create prosperity and take control of their lives and lead the lives that they want to live? And, uh, you know, again, to go back to Sam, that can sound like fluff, just like anything substantial, unless you take it seriously, at which point it totally transforms your behavior. Like, of course, anything can sound like fluff uh, until you actually internalize it. Um, and I, so I think for me, that's, that's been huge. And again, to be totally transparent, I'm still fighting that battle. And we've talked about this a lot as a team, but the reality is if I just keep asking that question enough over time, I will eventually be able to answer it proficiently and consistently. And I know that I just have to keep at it, you know? Yeah. You know what, what I thought was so cool about doing this, it's been the same thing for me. I mean, there's been, it, it has totally guided my behavior and what I found, so like when we got together with Stan, the first thing that we did is we put we put together our vision, right? What's the vision of the world that we want to exist, that we believe can exist? And if you would have asked me like before the time that we got together, I don't know what it would have been. It would have been something like, uh, we want to live in a world where every hearth retailer has an easy way to bid fireplaces, something like that, right? Because we sell software that that helps people do that. And literally, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the the vision and then the mission, right? So, our vision that we came up with between the three of us is to live in a world where our partners are in control of their business, creating prosperity for themselves and those they serve. 
And and the mission feeds right into that, right? If that's the world, that we want to live in a world where this exists, our part in that, our mission is to give our partners the tools they need to take control of their business so they can enjoy life and create prosperity. And that is so much different than anything I ever would have come up with and and frankly, so much better. Like I was so focused on software estimates and I feel like you guys really were the catalyst behind like, no, it's bigger than this. Like we are going to give our partners the tools to control their business so that they can enjoy their lives and create prosperity. And it was just so much different than anything I would have come up with on my own. There's a little bit of a broader scope with with what we came up with. And I think the beauty of that is it gives us the ability to, to pivot and transition. So while, while the software that exists today is a tool that can help our partners create prosperity and live better lives, is it always going to be that way going forward one year, three years, five years? And the answer to that, I, I don't know the answer to that question. But with this particular vision and mission, you know, we can always find different ways to help our partners create prosperity and enjoy their lives. And so that gives us the flexibility to move forward, transition and pivot into a company that does different things. But at the end of the day, the vision and the mission stay the same. And I think, you know, both the vision and mission are are very worthwhile. And at least to me on a personal level, you know, I feel very strongly about it. I love that flexibility as you're saying, Sam, in terms of the directions that we could take the company based on that mission. And I also like the, the, the idea of prosperity and enjoy their lives and take control of their businesses. Like, when we think of prosperity in contemporary American culture, a lot of times we think of financial prosperity and don't get me wrong, we definitely want to help our partners make make money and earn a living. And there's something really uh, rewarding about helping businesses do that, especially small businesses, which most hearth retail shops are. Um, but the other thing is too, you know, one thing that we've all three talked about is we all know that prosperity doesn't just come down to financial gain, right? Prosperity is measured in how much time do you get to spend with your family? How much time do you have to practice your faith? How much time do you have to hike in the mountains and, and go on a run? Um, those things are not to be underestimated. And the bottom line is Wi-Fi as a software can save people time. It can streamline processes. It can make life better and easier for the people who sell these hard products. And then that way it creates prosperity and that feeds directly into enjoying life, right? Like I think of Ryan Blake who talks about how her whole goal is to, or one of her goals, I should say, I don't want to misquote her. Thank you. Sorry, Ryan, if I do, but uh, one of her goals is to create systems and processes that run while she's doing the things that she loves, whether that's, uh, you know, being in the woods on a hike or working with horses or whatever, and, and still, you know, maintaining a strong business. And I think that's exactly what we want, right? We want people to, we want to create a software that literally helps people spend more time with their families. Like that's, that's what I want. And I think Wi-Fi does have the capacity to do that. And the cool thing is Sam was saying is that as Wi-Fi stands right now, it does that. And in the future, you know, if we keep keep that North Star in front of us, we can continue to uh, create products and services that do that, no matter how the market might change, not just for our industry, but worldwide. So I think the flexibility is so crucial. And I think, Sam, that was a great point to draw. And I just wanted to take a little different angle on it there. Yeah. I mean, once we once we got into it, my head was so far down the software rabbit hole, right? It kind of had to be broken out by you guys. But once we once we did, I, I kept thinking about that phrase by Malcolm Fisher when he was on this podcast. And he said that their goal is to create prosperity for their customers. And I was like, dude, that's it. Like ours is the same thing. Like we that those words create prosperity. Just they stuck with me once we started going down there. And I mean, we, uh, you know, with all these core values we're going to get into in the mission, like we we fought over 
I mean, down to the word, what it was, what it was going to be. I mean, it was, it was a really, really big deal. And, um, I think it, I think it has anchored our, our behavior. And for anyone that's listening, just to simply have a mission for your company, right? You know, for us, it's to give our partners the tools they need to take control of their business so they can enjoy life and create prosperity. That, that gives so much guidance to any team member that's confused. And I feel like that clarity I mean, that clarity really keeps people aligned. And so many companies, if you say, why are we here? What are we doing? They got no clue. But to know that like, this is why we're here, I I think it's one of the most important things you can do. For the sake of time, I want to keep moving because I I really would like to hit core values, goals, and objectives before we're done with this podcast. And as we get into core values, Sam, I guess I would turn to you because you know, you've seen fluff with core values. I've been a part of companies where the core values meant absolutely nothing. Nobody knew what they were and no one acted in accordance with them when, you know, the rubber hit the road. And so for you, what were you thinking about going into the core values time, Sam, after maybe, maybe after we, we, we've created the mission at this point and now based on the mission, we move into core values. What, what was going through your mind? My past experiences with core values, I, I think there was always an exercise where, uh, you know, an upper level manager would walk around the office and be like, you know, recite each of the core values. And, and that's great that, that people in the company are held accountable to understanding what they are. But one of the things that I like that, that we've done each quarter, we revisit these things. And you don't ask me to memorize the core values, but generally it's a question of how have you lived out one of the core values? And I think at the end of the day, that's how you change it from fluff to actually putting it into everyday practice. And if I look through each one of the seven core values, like I can think of living one of these things out, even just at, at the most recent event that we were at in Las Vegas, Tim, I could literally go one through seven of our core values and give you an example of how between the two of us, we lived out one of the core values. And I think to me, like, internalizing it like Matt said and and trying to stay on top of like are these things guiding our behavior are we living out our core values as opposed to just memorizing them um, but really putting them into practice is what makes all the difference and I think that if we can continue to do that I think we'll always be headed in the right direction yeah I totally agree and I'm, I'm remembering you know back to when we were actually hashing this out, you know, we, we only have seven core values. I'm really big. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like 10 is way too many. I just feel like it's way too many because they, you know, they, if not memorized, they must be internalized where you can always, you know, be, be moving off that behavior. And I think, I think 10 just gets a little bit overwhelming. And I remember that we had a, we had a pretty big fight because originally, I think I said that we could only have five and Matt, me and you were kind of going at it for these, these last few, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we were. I mean, because the reality was I, I had different ideas on how one should be. Uh, I said, essentially, if you want to only have five, then you can condense this one or these two or three down into one by rephrasing it like this. But you and Sam were both insistent that I was I was missing missing the point. So we ended up with seven, which, by the way, the whole time I was like, Tim, if you if you're fine with seven, leave it the way it is. But if you want five, you could do it this way. True. <laughs> Truly, I actually was. I was I was 
going into it, I was 100% okay with seven, but I knew, I just knew once we started throwing stuff at the board that it would get so, it would just balloon. And so I, I specifically said, we're only doing five, knowing that we could do seven if we need. I mean, I truly, I, I would have rather had five than seven, but uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was kind of doing a bait, and, a bait and switch right there. So before we go through these, I, I think that what should really be understood is that Core values govern behavior. So if, if the if the vision is the world that we want to exist someday, the mission is how we are going to play a part in bringing that world to existence, then the core values are the behaviors, right? They're the guardrails of how do we govern ourselves and make decisions to get there. So for us, I would say these core values are all incredibly important, but I feel like this first one is hierarchically more important than everything else. And it was default to generosity. And you know what? I'll actually do this. I'll, let me read all seven of these and then let's go through them one by one real quick. Okay. So first core value, default to generosity. Core value number two, always be in touch with our partner's experiences. Core value number three, Confront the brutal facts about our company. Core value number four, be honest with our partners, especially when it's difficult. Core value number five, seek innovation wherever we can find it. Core value number six, trust each other to make the call. And core value number seven, don't take ourselves too seriously. So I think each of those is incredibly important, but let's just start with the first one, default to generosity. How did that come about and how has that affected your guys' behavior? I think the genesis of it is really you as a person, Tim. You know, uh, a wise man once said that if you want to save your life, you got to lose it. And I think in my own experience um, in life and, and in this business, the more that we give away, whether that's through the fire time network or through Wi-Fi, the, the better things come back, the more um, good things come back to us. And I think that loop of grace, that loop of generosity is real. Um, it's demonstrable. And um, it's just the idea that when you're holding on to everything so tightly, you know, your hands are closed and no one can give you anything, but when you're letting go of everything you have, suddenly your hands are open and now you have the opportunity to receive more. So I think that defaulting to generosity starts with the founder and that's you. And uh, I sincerely mean that. I think you, you set that example in your personal life, you do it professionally um, and just seeing how that has played out in your life, um, both personally and professionally. I think that was kind of wh why um, I think all three of us actually came up with that one. It's no accident because I know Sam and I have talked to that and I'll let him speak for himself, but of course I know he's experienced that generosity as well. And, and uh, so I think that's where it starts is just, um, seeing seeing the benefits of it through your example, um, Tim. Yeah, Matt, I, I agree. You, Tim, you're you're the cornerstone of this. But Matt, Matt, you've got that that same trait as well. I think you know whether you like it or not, it's it's just part of your character. So it's it's a pleasure to work with you guys because you're both that way. Um, but th this plays out a lot in my role. I mean, obviously, we'd love to have every hearth business in the country be a Wi-Fi partner. Um, is that going to be the case? Probably not. But does that mean that that we can't help those that aren't going to be our partners? And I think the answer to that is no. I can think of a, a number of different occasions where we've got some value to offer companies. And whether or not they're going to be a partner of ours or, or a customer of ours, it doesn't matter. So, so I run into scenarios where, where 
potential partners or people that will never be a partner of ours have questions. They want insights on certain things. And 100%, we're going to help them with that. And part of that is because of, of the mission and the vision. So, you know, whether or not they're direct partners of ours, we've got value to add. And if there's an opportunity for us to contribute in some way, shape or form, then we're absolutely going to do it, whether or not it directly benefits us. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys, you know, being so kind to me. I, I, I feel the same way about, about the two of you, obviously. And I feel like if I remember right, this core value started out as like, when in doubt, be generous. Because I think it really had to do with like, well, we're a business, we need to make money, you know, so we can't give everything away, we have to charge for some things. But when we're in a situation where we're not sure what to do, like, we're going to be better off if we just choose to be generous, right? And we'll deal with we'll deal with sorting it out later. But Matt, I think this was really, the, this is the English teacher in you, is that you, you really kind of forced the issue of all of our core values started with a verb. So like, when in doubt, be generous became default to generosity. I think there's so much power there because it's just an action word. And I can think of so many times with, particularly with you, Matt, where, where you just said like, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. So I just defaulted to generosity and did this, you know, and, and I think that that, I think that that's been incredibly powerful. Let, let's move on to this, this next one. And I, I wish we could spend more time on every single one, but I want, I want people to hear like how this has helped govern our behavior. The second one is always be in touch with our partner's experiences. And Sam, I feel like this is one that, that you live out a lot. And I mean, Matt, same for you, but for you, Sam, like, why was this one so important? Always be in touch with our partner's experiences, even down to the wording. I used to live in our partner's world, right? So I used to work in a hard retail store. So I have lived that experience, but I don't anymore. And I say that to our partners all the time. Like, Wi-Fi is not for us at this point. It used to be when I worked in retail, but it's no longer for us. And so when, when we approach adding features, when we approach what this does for our partners, it's really up to them. And so I try to stay as close to what's going on in their businesses and what are the things that could help them. And at a lot of times it's at the peril of our own quote unquote, great ideas. Like we come up with certain ideas that we think are great, but do they actually benefit the people that use, that use our platform? And sometimes the answer is no. And I love that, you know, within our team, our egos aren't big enough to say, you know, we had the right idea. So this is what we're going to do and you're going to adapt to it. I think a lot of what we've built has been at the behest and at the recommendation of our partners. And I hope it continues that way um, because ultimately we're here to serve them. And so I think, you know, going forward, as long as we continue to stay close to those experiences and understand that, that our partners more often than not have the right answers and we need to deliver for them, as opposed to us thinking we're the smartest people in the room and coming up with things that, that we think would be most beneficial. You know, we don't live in their world on a daily basis anymore. So the closer we can stay to them, I think the better off we are. Yeah. And I think this one's especially important for me because I don't come from this industry and I, I, I don't come from this world. And so it's um, uh, really crucial for me to keep in mind. And the advantage that I have is that I handle all the customer service um, requests as partnership manager. And as a result, I, I get emails when the software breaks or when it's not working properly. Right. And that keeps me in touch with the customer's experiences because sometimes I'll get an email that says, you know, I had great momentum on the sale and X, Y, or Z happen thing happened with Wi-Fi and it broke my momentum, you know, and I can put myself in that situation. 
Um, even though I've never been on the sales floor in a, in a harsh shop, I can put myself in that situation, you know, from uh, being a teacher uh, and um, just, you know, a class is going really well. And then something breaks, you know, the technology breaks, my projector goes off and all of a sudden all the momentum I had, you know, is, is gone and the classes have inside conversations. And so even though I can't exactly, I've never been in that exact situation that my partner's describing, I totally know what it feels like to have momentum in something you really care about that you're depending on for your livelihood and to have that momentum broken by technology, right? And so it's situations like that. It's hearing about the issues that, you know, do happen with the software, even though we try and eliminate them as much as possible. Those help me stay empathetic. And it just gives me a hunger for making sure that this thing is working as consistently as possible for every single partner, which is a huge challenge, but that's the task before us. Yeah, I agree. And I remember this is one that we really hashed out these specific words. I mean, I think we had originally talked about like, understand what our partners go through. And, and I think that I don't remember if this was, was you, Matt or Sam, it definitely wasn't me. But this idea of always be in touch, right? There's a there's an ongoing nature to that where it's not like, oh, yeah, we understand our customers. Well, when did you talk to them last? Oh, I don't know. I mean, five months ago, I was like, no, like always be in touch with our partner's experience. And even like, I mean, this gets into a whole conversation about scoreboards and behaviors and metrics and stuff. But I feel like Matt, part of your ongoing, we call them 20 mile March behaviors that we do every single week has to do with this core value, right? Of how are we in touch every single week to understand how this is working for our partners and how they're feeling about it? Because we have nothing if we don't understand what they're going through, you know, so, so that this core value always be in touch with their partner's experiences. It kind of ties into the next one. And and I think that Matt, these two were ones that, that you were really big on. Well, if we can only have five, let's find a way to combine these. And, And I think that me and Sam really pushed back on this. So the core value we just talked about was always be in touch with our partner's experiences because, and what does that do? That, that tells us how they're feeling and it tells us some information about our company. That feeds into core value number three, which is confront the brutal facts about our company. And there was a distinction there, especially Sam to me and you. And I think this core value, I mean, it's like they're all important. I think that this is like one of the most important core values. And I'd love to hear you talk about kind of the genesis of this core value, Sam. You know, it, it removes subjectivity. So regardless of how we feel personally about about our business and about what we offer and what you know the problems that we face are, we really have to be objective about you know what is true about our business, regardless of how we feel about it. And I think that that opens the door for us as a team to have tough conversations. But given that it's 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 a core value of ours, it means that we have to do it. And there's no there's no backing away from it. There's no standing down from it. Rather, it's it's something that we have to embrace. And as a team, we just understand that there are going to be tough conversations to be had. And and if we want to if we want to live out our our core values, then those things have to happen. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think that this one is so important, and and frankly, it hurts me. This one is this is a painful core value because my pride, my ego, my ideas are all on the on the chopping block. And I, I look at it, I think it just goes back to the idea of songwriting, like Matt, me and you wrote music together for years and and still do. And, you know, I think about when you, when you write a chorus and like, 
you've put all of your heart and like these deep emotional ideas and situations into it and you say, hey, how about this chorus? The chorus might suck and it might have to go and that really hurts emotionally. But you have to be able to say like, well, do we want to have a good chorus or do we not? Because if we don't want to have a good chorus, we can ignore the fact that this chorus is bad or we can try to salvage it or, or scrap it to make it a good chorus. And I think it's so true with our business. I think that in our industry, you know, going to both these core values, I think that there are many, many companies that are not in touch with their partner's experiences, which gives them a distorted view of what products and services they should create. It gives them a distorted view of how they should do their marketing and all this stuff. But not only that, many companies will not acknowledge the brutal facts about their company. They say, oh, our, our partners love us. Our customers love us, right? Oh, yeah, people just love this product. And and again, it's like based on what? You know, our, our sales reps love working here. And and I would say that that there's a reason that word brutal is in there. You know, it comes from, from Jim Collins and like brutal facts hurt. They really hurt. But it goes back to, you know, what the Proverbs say that that wounds from friends are better than kisses from enemies. And and I think that there have been multiple times where I, I think that two of you have said, like, Tim, we have to confront the brutal facts about our company. And then you, you say whatever needs to be said, and it, and it forces a conversation. But I think it gives permission for us to do that. Yeah, and I think it demonstrates a larger point about the core values that I wanted to make. And it goes back to what Sam was saying, like, how do you make sure your core values aren't just fluff? Make sure at least some of them cut. And I think that goes back to so much of the language you were just using Tim, but I think of like right now, uh, like a personal example that relates is right now it's Lent and I'm Catholic. So I'm supposed to abstain from meat on Friday. And I got to say, it's a small sacrifice, but man, it sucks sometimes. Like you, you really want that pepperoni pizza and it's like, oh, I can't have the pepperoni pizza. Right. And so it cuts, but that's a good practice because it, it forces me to confront myself, my selfishness, my need for instant gratification all the time and acknowledge that that's not how I should live my life. Right. It's a small way that I'm constantly conditioning myself to be more and more selfless and to think less about myself. And I think this one, and I don't want to jump ahead, but um, be honest with our partners, especially when it's inconvenient, like those two both suck. They totally suck. It is so much easier to sweep things under the carpet. It is so much easier to just say, Oh, everything's going great. Uh, But the reality is uh, the the, the pride is the biggest lie because it's self-deception. You know, yeah. you're, you're not just deceiving other people, you're deceiving yourself. And both of these core values are meant to like really inject the company with humility because at yeah. the end of the day, we're not perfect. We are limited. We do need to constantly be changing and getting better. And and these two core values, even though they cut, that's exactly what they do. So I think the larger point that I wanted to make just to bring this all back is this one does suck. And that's good because if you don't want your core values to be fluff, some of them need to cut. Some of them need to cut at least. They have to. Yeah. I love that you said cut, Matt. And, and and what they need to do is they need to empower anyone in the company to be able to cut with them, right? If someday we hire a janitor, the janitor should be able to cut any one of us with these core values. They have full permission to. And that's been some of the problems I've seen in past companies is that even if a core value might have an edge to it, it's not actually allowed to be you know, executed or used for cutting by anyone in the company. So I think it's a big deal. And Matt, you, t- yeah. you took us right in there, right? Be honest with our partners, especially when it's difficult. You know, you don't, you don't get out of that one. You don't get out of that one with your pride. Oh, dude, it's, 
my least favorite one. And it's as a result, I think it's aside from default to generosity, like it's the most important one for me, especially because I'm the partnership manager. It is so tempting when things go wrong to just, you know, stay quiet or to sweep things under the rug. But the reality is that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help our company and it certainly doesn't help our partners. And so I think, you know, just, just like that one's, Going back to the, making sure they're not fluff, that one could be fluff if I ignored it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the thing with any core value. It can always be fluff if you ignore it. Like, oh, yeah, the boss, going back to Sam's thing, oh, yeah, the boss walks by and I say, you know, be honest with our uh, uh, partners, especially when it's difficult. But then, like, when something goes wrong, you know, I just ignore that. Right. But the reality is, you, t- you put that into practice, it is painful and it is good. You know, it's, bo- it's a both and. And we live in a culture. I was listening to this uh, this course recently on the art of happiness from this dude who teaches at Harvard, and he was talking about how we live in a culture that says if you're in pain, do whatever you have to do to get out of it, right? And and traditionally, and we know this from our own lives, pain is not something you want to avoid all the time. Like I think of people who are like Sam O'Donnell, really good at working out, and who <laughs> I envy. And I'm sure that there are times in painful workouts when Sam thinks, "Oh, this really hurts," right? But the reality is. Every time he works out, he's healthier for it. Every single time that pain is productive. And it's the same thing with this core value. You know, if I take it seriously, does it hurt? Does it cut? Yes, absolutely. And does it produce long-term positive consequences that create prosperity so our partners can enjoy their lives? Yes, it does. And so that's, that's the, that's the thing is it, it could be fluff, but if you put it into practice, man, it hurts. And that pain is a good pain that produces long-term positive consequences. Yeah, I agree. And I think the cool thing with all these core values is for us, it was really important that they, you know, th- th- that they actually changed us as people. You know, I think there's a balance when you're making core values. So like, I, I feel like a, the core value of work with integrity, that's not a core value because that's just like par for the course, right? If you're going to be in a business, well, you should try to work with integrity, right? Unless there's something about that, a way you can phrase that that makes it really unique to you, work with integrity doesn't matter. I would say be honest is not a core value. Again, like you want to open a business, well, you should probably be honest, right? Not good enough. I think for us, the edge had to be, especially when it's difficult, that that, that that's where the rubber meets the road. And for us, that was a vulnerability where we have to be explicit about it, right? It's not just be honest. It's no when, when it's hard, be honest. So I, I think that just for anyone making these like, again, like integrity, honor, respect, those are not core values, right? It, unless there's something unique about those in a way that your company must embody them. I, I, I think that that's, you know, I, that's just something I was thinking about. We'll get back to our conversation with Matt Bradley and Sam O'Donnell in just one minute. Hey, do you want to know how to execute and align your company around the work they should be doing from start to finish on a job? Well, if that's the case, they need to learn the 10-step execution process of running a fireplace job from start to finish. We're talking about from the time a customer goes into the showroom All the way through the final thank you at the end after the install, your team needs to be aligned around that. Now, for most companies, in theory, they know that at some point products should get ordered, at some point there should be an in-home visit, and at some point we need to install it. But if you don't have laser-like focus on each step of the process and alignment with your team, nine times out of ten, the baton gets dropped between one of the steps and it's impossible to recover. If you want to take control of your business, 
have an execution process that everyone is aligned around and manage it through a weekly heartbeat report and a cadence of regular meetings, you have to take advantage of the online FireTime workshop. This is an incredible resource. It's only 1500 bucks, and you get it forever. You can watch it module by module with your team and you get all kinds of resources, forms, and digital tools to help you execute. To get the online FireTime workshop, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash workshop. That's itsfiretime.com slash workshop. Sam, for this next core value, I'd, I'd like to have you talk about it. Seek innovation wherever we can find it. I, this wording was specifically you, if I remember correctly. Seek innovation wherever we can find it. What did this mean to you and why was it so important? There are so many different places to draw inspiration from. And I, I think that one of the goals of this is for us as a team to, to be lifelong learners. And if we're constantly looking for different ways to improve, whether that's personally, professionally, or even just the software products and tools that we offer our partners, like we're, it's okay for us to understand that we don't have all the right answers or even the best answers. But what it does for us is, like I said, it makes us lifelong learners, but it keeps us curious. And I think as long as we have that, we'll continue to grow in, in ways that are beneficial to us and our partners. And you know, just like some of the other core values, I love that it's ongoing, right? So just like always be in touch with our partner's experience, that doesn't end, that continues to go on. And as does seeking innovation wherever we can find it, like regardless of what we're doing, it's an ongoing process of looking around and seeing what are things that other people are doing that we could do that would be beneficial to both us as a team and the people that we serve. Yeah, and to jump on that, I, I think it goes back to humility as well. There's many companies. Oh, that Tim, will, you stole, I, you I stole, stole my idea. Oh, okay, you Continue. go for it. You know, you take it, Matt. You but, take uh, it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let. Yeah, I'm gonna try and not talk as much, which is a good mark of humility. So you, you go, please, <laughs> and then I'll add my two cents. Okay, okay, yeah, because I, I think it is humility, right? It, it forces humility from us. Many companies think they're too good to have an idea, again, like come from somebody that's not the sales manager or not the CEO or not the boss. And I I just keep thinking, like I, I joke around, like I see my entire life through the lens of being in a punk rock band. And it just goes back to the idea of when you're writing a song, the best idea wins, period. I mean, if you want to write a good song, if you want to mess around and, you know, puff your ego up by saying that you write songs or whatever, that's fine. Do whatever you want. But if you want to write good music and you want the best chance of succeeding, Best idea wins, period. Doesn't matter who it came from. Doesn't matter, like, it, best idea wins. And I think that that's where this came from. And and since then, like, literally, guys, I can think about times where we've been like, oh, you know, I was at the Verizon store the other day, and I noticed this. I was at McDonald's, and I noticed this. There was a conversation that that Matt, you had with someone that that gave a couple of tremendous ideas, and, and, and the people you're talking to were pretty rough around the edges. The idea wasn't presented in the most polished or even edifying way but i remember you thought gosh like we should pay attention to this and, and for many companies there's too much pride and ego involved to actually find innovation and, and people miss out on it because it has to come from the top yeah this is so well said and just to piggyback on that a little bit the first thing is i love that so many of these come back to humility because i definitely struggle with pride i don't want to speak for for anyone else on the call but i'm betting 
other people on this call might might have struggled with pride oh, from time to gosh. time. Tim, I wasn't going to say your name unless you chimed in, but I'll, <laughs> uh, you know, and I just say that because Tim and I have talked about this struggle together and we've worked through it together, both, yeah. both professionally and personally over, I mean, 15 years, we've been working on this together. So, um, but, but the bottom line is one thing that I, I like about all of this is one, again, that so many of these come back to humility, but two, it goes back to what you were saying, Tim, that we have these concepts like humility, like integrity, and then each of the core values puts those concepts into action in very concrete ways, right? And actually, a lot of the values uh, move into or lean into those abstra- multiple abstractions. So an example of yeah. that is uh, defaulting to generosity, well, that comes back to humility. And it also, I think, comes back to integrity, right? Same thing with be, uh, be honest, especially when it's difficult. Definitely integrity and also humility or yeah. seeking innovation wherever you can find it. You know, also uh, humility. So the bottom line is, I think you're really onto something there, Tim, that at the end of the day, I think the reason these, and Sam's talked about this too, but I think the reason these core values are so powerful is they're all actionable. You know, they're all they're all very... Yeah. Uh, direct and concrete. And we can, all of us can say, and myself included, oh, I want to be more humble. But at the end of the day, what does that actually look like? And I think a lot of these core values say, okay, if you want to be humble, seek innovation wherever you can find it. You want to be humble, you know, yeah. be willing to admit when you've made a mistake, especially when it's difficult. You know, you want to be humble, stop thinking yeah. about yourself and default to generosity instead. So I think uh, th- that's a really, really good thing. I haven't thought about it until just now, but that's great insight, Tim, that you offered that, sure, start with the abstractions, but then think about in a concrete way, uh, how can I turn these into action items that will actually produce that that behavior in, in day-to-day business life? Yeah. So, okay, Matt, I'm going to flip it right back to you for this next one. This this second to last core value is so important. I know you've got a great story with it. So trust each other to make the call. This one, I feel like I spearheaded this one. And um, part of it was just as a, as a boss or an owner, quote unquote, you know, I felt like it was it, for, for our company where, where we purposely are trying to keep as small of a team as possible for as, as long as possible, knowing that, that we will not have bureaucracy in our company. It will not exist, right? I felt like I had to give verbal permission on the wall every single day that like, you got to make the call and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to back you on that. But Matt, I'd love for the audience to hear your story about this. <laughs> and for, it took me about three seconds. I was like, what's, oh, that's the one. So I don't know. It was, I don't know, nine months ago or something. Uh, Tim, you know, said, okay, as, as, you know, new job as partnership manager, uh, part of that is going to be, you know, developing relationships with partners. So, you know, this is a major partner who we have. Um, why don't you find a gift for their team? You know? So I decide on these water bottles and I've got the the logo of this company all ingrained in the water bottles. And I'm, I'm choosing between three different colors and y'all, I mean, Yeti has some great <laughs> colors. Okay. So I call Tim, I'm like, Tim, I'm between the forest green and the harvest red. And without a without a pause, he just goes, Matt, these are the exact type of phone calls I don't want. <laughs> Which is so great. Talk talk about confronting the brutal facts about your company. Like it cut a little bit, but I was like, Yeah, I'm why did I call this man who is so busy about the color of a water bottle? You know, like I can make that call. And I've got to say, honestly, every every time I'm about to call Tim <laughs> with a question that I'm on the fence, like, is this 
minor or is it something I can just make the call on? Uh, and of course I can make the call on larger things too. And that's, that's the genuine part of this. Uh, I do feel empowered to do that, but I, I do think about that story and I think, okay, is this a water bottle question or is this a question uh, that I sincerely can't answer without Tim and Sam's input, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, that's a great, I, yeah, I remember great, exactly, great exactly story. where I was when you called. And I, I, I mean, I, I truly, I said it, Matt, with a smile on my face. Like as you were asking me the question, I literally was thinking about my response and I'm like, yep, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> like, these are the kind of calls I don't want to yeah, get. Dude. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I mean, I, I felt a little deflated, but then it's like we talked about, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but even something like that can cut, you know, but it was good for me. It was good for me to hear that. And I know, and I think it goes back to your heart too, Tim, and our trust in one another, Sam, uh, as well, of course, uh, that when you say something like that to me with a smile on your face or not, it's going to give me pause and I'm going to take it seriously because I know you care about me. Uh, and I know Sam cares about me. And so I think that's another thing, like another takeaway from all of this is when you hold each other accountable to core values, as long as you do it out of love, even if it cuts momentarily, you know, over time, it's going to produce positive results. And this was an example of that, a silly example for sure, but a powerful example. Like I literally think about this all the time before I call you to ask you a question about something. doesn't mean I always get it right, but I do use it as one of my filters and it goes back to keeping things concrete and it goes back to um, you know, referencing the core values and making sure they're not fluff. So I love that. That that was a great story yeah. uh, to tell, even though it's slightly embarrassing on my end. By the way, I went with the harvest red, the harvest red. That was my choice. And it was a great, it was a great choice. I supported that choice. Sam, for you, you know, knowing that one of our core values is trust our team members to make the call. What's that mean for you? It's unique for me because Tim, as long as I've known you, I've known you as a boss. So like you and Matt go back and you have a longstanding friendship that, that goes way back. So you were friends before, before there was any type of boss employee relationship. But for you and I, it's always been the case that, that I've, I've sort of reported to you. And so, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about when, when I jumped from working for you in retail over to the Wi-Fi team was like, I, you were essentially telling me like, you need to be your own man. Like you don't need to always come from to me for the answers. Like, like I trust you to do a good job here and I want you to carve your own path. And I'm obviously going to be here as a mentor. I can be here for support or to answer questions that you have but I don't want you to feel like you have to rely on me. And so this has been huge for me because it is sort of in my nature to want to reach out to you and be like, is this okay? Do you think this is a good idea? And we have a lot of productive conversations about a lot of things, but I'd say, you know, since we, we went through this process of creating our core values, you know, just like, like Matt has a filter now before he, he calls to answer or to ask you a question. I have the same thoughts in my head. Like if I'm going to put out an email campaign, or if I'm going to call a customer, or if I'm going to come up with an idea or a different way of thinking about things, I don't feel the need to call you. If I feel like there's a good conversation for you and I to have, then absolutely, I'll pick up the phone. But at the same time, it it's empowered me to make decisions for myself. And I feel like it's really helped me grow up in this role, um, You know, being confident in the decisions that I make. And it, it, it ultimately has sort of untethered me from you in a lot of ways. To the point that, you know, obviously I still report to you, but at the end of the day, I know that I've got your full backing on whatever decision it is that I want to make. And that, that's an extremely empowering feeling that 
I think in a lot of ways it's given me confidence and helped me grow. That's great. And I mean, that's exactly what, what the purpose of that core value was. I feel like for any, any owner or manager that's thinking about core values, I would just say, rip this one off. Like truly this is, I think this is the most important thing you can do for your team. I went to McDonald's yesterday and I didn't have a, uh, a fry when it, when it came to, to get delivered to me and my kids. And I, and I looked at it and I just walked back up to the front and I said, Hey, I didn't get a medium fry on this. And they just said, Oh, okay. So they went and got me one. And I I went back to the table and then I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, did I order a fry? I, I, I think I did. And I, and I was, I had a moment where I was like, wait, I don't know. But what I realized is that when I went up to the counter, no one there cared about making a decision. No one cared about, well, wait, did you order a fry? Was not, no one even double checked. It was just like, oh, you know, well, it's just given one. Now you could call that generosity. I would actually say that it's because no one in that organization is empowered to make a decision in any way, shape or form. And as a result, you're stuck with the lowest common denominator working as cheap as possible, eventually being replaced by robots. And that's not to say that all jobs don't have value and worth, but that job is set up for failure because people are not empowered to make decisions or to think critically in any way. And I felt like as a, as a boss telling your team, like we trust you to make the call, right? We'll deal with a bad decision if that happens. And if the decision is like a, if a violation of the core values, that's an incredibly serious matter. But if you've got the core values to guide you, I mean, I I don't know what I'm going to say that, that you're not going to have, you know, and and we can, we can deal with wisdom conversations afterwards. So I I think that it's incredibly important. And and I, I, again, I can think of even times for me where I'm like, I was going to call one of you guys and I just decided now I'm just going to make the call, right? I'm, I I don't, I don't need to make that phone call to you. It's it's pulling you out of what you're doing. I'm just going to decide and we'll move ahead with it. So I think it's really important. This, this final core value again, gosh, dang it. Like, I need this so bad. So the final core value, I see you smiling, Matt, is don't take ourselves too seriously. And Matt, maybe you can, you can go because I see you just, you're just laughing right here as I'm saying this. Well, I think this again goes back to that, that concept of humility. Um, You know, uh, and I just think it's so important because I think both, both of us have a tendency to be overly serious, I guess. I think this one also, it goes back to, you know, you need the the core values that cut and I guess others that kind of heal or, or kind of offset that. And this is the example of that, you know, that uh, we're not afraid to get off on a five minute tangent where Tim says, oh, I heard this new song recently and then proceeds to play one of the terrible old songs that my band created <laughs> on his acoustic guitar while Sam and I are like, okay, how long is this going to go on? Oh, it's, he's, he's going to go for the second verse. Really? Wow. <laughs> you know, so, but I think those moments are, are important because the bottom line is we, it, when you start taking yourself too seriously, I think it is, it opens up the opportunity for a lot of resentment, honestly, and a lot of inflated ego. And I think that goes back to what Sam was saying about always seeking innovation. Um, and so, yeah, I think this one's really important because I think um, I have that tendency. I know Tim has that tendency. Um, and so it's just so important to offset that. And, and again, to have those core values that cut and others that, that heal or, or provide a little Eleven, I suppose you could say too. Yeah, Matt, I'm so with you. I mean, I I need I need all these core values desperately. I especially need this one. I just need it so bad. Everything in my life is serious, right? And I love to have fun, dude. But like, I'm serious about having fun. 
like if and that's gotten me into trouble before right if if i'm if i'm having fun like i'm serious about it because having fun is awesome right and and i just i think it's so important that we we don't get so wrapped up in this that we lose sight of everything else and and i know for me i am at my best when despite the weight of all the factors that are in play there's an open-handedness and like a lightness that I can hold the world with. And and it just comes back to the fact that like, I'm not in control, you know, I'm, I'm the surfer, not the wave. There, there, there's a, a very, very small amount of things in my life that I've got some will over, but not many. And realizing that, well, I don't control most of life. So why am I so serious about it? You know, the, the things that I'm on the hook for, I'll be really serious about that. But, but I think, uh, getting to the point where we take ourselves too seriously again pride ego vanity tunnel vision all those things come with it and i i think that the reason i i I do that you know busting out the guitar oh i don't know two three days a week is usually just because i need to remind myself i don't need to take it i don't need to take it so seriously it's it's okay if i ease up a little bit now other people might have the kind of personality where they actually should take things more seriously I do not struggle with that. I absolutely struggle with the opposite. This is even evident on on the scorecard that we send out to our team every week. Like if we don't get a job done, there's a giant turd icon that shows up <laughs> like right on our weekly report. And like I, I love that one because it, it it tells us that you know we're not moving the needle in the way that we need to, but it's also lighthearted in a way. So like. I don't, that's a small example of, of us not taking ourselves too seriously. I was so proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. Um. <laughs> yeah, and and Tim, sorry, Tim actually custom made that emoji. That that is that is correct. The original emoji, I think, has a smiley <laughs> face, but Tim wanted to indicate that if we didn't reach our goal, we were sad. So he yeah. actually custom made a sad poo emoji. I wasn't aware of that. Well, I was going to say, like, just now that we've, we've gone through each of the seven, like, I remember having an aha moment after we did this. I think I was on the flight home after we went through this exercise. And I was thinking, you know, if I were to base my life off of these core seven, of these seven core values, like, I would probably lead a pretty good life. And that was just, that was, I don't know, it reinforced the fact that I think that, that we spending the time on, on coming up with these was, was very well was time very well spent and what we were able to come up with, I, you know, if, if we can uphold these core values, um, I think we're always going to be headed in the right direction. I agree. And Sam, I remember that we talked afterwards cause I mean, this was a big deal, like doing this in person, shutting things down for three days, flying you across the country. And, and I remember you told me something to the effect of you were like, you know, going into this, if you would have asked me, I would have said, I'm pretty clear on what my job is. And you said, now that I've left, I realized that like, I didn't have any clue before, but now I really understand anything that was vague before has now been clarified. And I've got confidence moving forward. You said something to that effect. And I'll I'll never forget that. It was true. I mean, we thought we had an idea about, you know, who we were, what we stood for and what we were trying to accomplish, but this really solidified it. And, you know, as part of that exercise, we, we set goals for ourselves and that helped give some clarity too. But, you know, at the end of the day, the mission, the vision, and the core values really dictate behavior. And ultimately, those are the things that get us to our goals. Um, 
But again, you know, these things are, are the guiding light in the way that we make decisions and it really gives you clarity and you don't ever have to question what the right call is. You can always have sort of a foundation to refer back to that, that gives you the direction you need. Yeah. And I think if we're looking for general principles uh, on these things, you know, one is right core values, some core values that cut, right? Another one is turn abstractions into concrete actions. And then the third one is just think, do these apply as a rule to life? You know, I know, Tim, you've been talking to me a lot about this. Um, you know, uh, do we have rules of life into as to how we should act, right? And the key thing with core values as I'm talking through this and we're really diving into it, that I'm seeing is you want them to apply specifically to your company, but also to go back to Sam's point, you know, they should also apply to life. So should you default to generosity in life? Yes. Should you face the brutal facts about your behavior as opposed to your company, but same kind of concept? Yes. Yeah. Should you should you try and get better and look everywhere to try and become a better person? Yeah. Should you make sure that you're not taking yourself so seriously that you're always a, a cloud of doom and gloom? Like, yeah, you should do those things. So I think that might be another, for people out there who are looking to maybe formulate some of these, that might be another measure or another principle, I should say, not a measure, but another principle, a guiding principle is... Does it apply both specifically to the business and would it also benefit you in life? And if the answer is yes to both of those questions, you know, I think you're again onto something really powerful. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, we're, we're at our time limit. We're going to have to do a part two of this conversation where we talk about how these core values and the mission feed into goals and objectives. So, so we, we can get that scheduled here because I think that's going to be really important because that's the crown jewel on all of this. But you can't, you can't do that without the mission and the vision and core values. But I think I think it's just so incredibly important how this shapes behavior. And, and Matt, to close us out, you were really big on this because once we once we we came up with this, we talked about how do we keep it fresh. And for you, you said we got to do this like every single quarter, and like literally tomorrow, we've got you know just about a half day scheduled to go through this. So why was it so important to go through this again and re- and, and review it every quarter? And what was your yeah? What was your thought process behind putting that together? Yeah, I think it goes back to the interplay between the professional and the personal. You know, in my personal life, I, I try and regularly um, participate in an examination of conscience. Right? Uh, where did I? What What happened to me today? Um, how did I react? Where did I exceed the mark? Where did I fall short? Right? And so, having a regular daily practice of that has been so important in any growth that I've been able to make. And so doing the same thing as a company just makes good sense. It's it's the difference between it just being fluff and it actually impacting daily actions. You know, are you taking the time to reflect on it? I also think again it comes back to humility because the reality is we have these core values, all of us are trying to live them out, and given the fact that we are all very much human, we all fall short of every single one of them. Every quarter, every week, in some cases, you know, occasionally I would say at least one of these every day, I probably screw up on, right? If I'm being truly brutally honest with myself. And I'm, I don't want to in any way excuse that. I think we have to constantly strive to get better and better and better. But if you aren't even sure of where the problems are at, how can you get better? You know, I think back to that interview from the Firetime Journal with Dan Woodward. And he says, you know, how do you rectify a problem if you don't even know it exists? You can't. <laughs> I mean, something to that effect. So that's that's why it's so important to me in my personal life is 
I'm never going to overcome every single problem in my personal life on my own. And I've accepted that. But I also think it's so important to constantly be moving in that direction. And the only way I can move in that direction is through a regular examination of conscience. And the only way that we can move in the direction of getting better and better as a company is a regular review of these values. How are we doing and living them out? Fully recognizing that every quarter, we're going to have moments where we fell short and we're going to have moments where we exceed the mark. right? And that's that's a part of being... Uh, a company run by humans <laughs> who who sometimes fall short and sometimes exceed the mark. But the only way that we can grow and get better is if we keep it in front of our, uh, at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, I, I love it. You know, I, I, there's so much wisdom in what you guys talked about. And I think for anyone listening, you know, this, I mean, like how much prep did, did we have for this conversation? 20 seconds? I mean, zero. And like, I, I literally ran down about five minutes ago to go get my cord because my, my, my power cord because my computer was about to die and I'm using a, a backup microphone because I couldn't find the appropriate yeah. USB cable. So I would say my preparation was pretty minimal. In my defense, I do have a brand new baby girl, Hannah Lynn, and I got three kids under three. So that's my only defense is I just plead the dad. Oh, the dad but, but, the, but what, I guess my point with that is that is that with no preparation, I think we just had a really thoughtful conversation because these core values are, give so much clarity and so much direction, like what if what if you could do that with your team, right? You could just say, why are we here? How do we make decisions? And instantly your team is locked in, engaged and passionate about it. I think this is the most important thing that a company can do. And and guys, you know, we're out of time, but I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I think that we have to do a part two on this that goes through how the the vision, mission, and core values then create your goals and objectives. So until next time, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on today. I know people are going to get a lot of value out of it. You guys. Thanks, Tim. It's been fun. I appreciate it, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt and Sam. Gosh, I love those guys, and I'm fortunate to get to work with them every day. <laughs> so it was really fun for me. You know, I mean, my, my hope as you listen to that is that Again, this is not light and and fluffy stuff that you do when you have time. This is something that is hardcore business. This is how you make decisions. This is how you decide where you're going. And I think one of the big mistakes that I see in companies is many companies, frankly, have a bad mission statement and bad core values. And the definition of a bad mission statement is this. If I was going to go ask one of the leaders in your company what your mission is and they can't repeat it, you have a bad mission statement because the leaders have got to live and breathe this on like a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. Another thing that's tough is core values. Very often for companies, I will see their core values like printed in big letters on their shirts or you know in the showroom, and it might be like integrity, honesty, passion. And I'm sorry, those are not good core values. Like, that's the cost of doing business. I mean, it's like core values should not be like quality products. Because again, like, I mean, I think that's just what you need to be in business. Core values need to be actionable and real. You know, so, so going back to, to our core values, every single one of them starts with a verb, right? Default to generosity. Confront the brutal facts about our company. Trust our team members to make the call. You know, each one of those for us has been really helpful in inspiring behavior. And I was actually working last week with a with a business and I was talking with with one of their leaders 
And we were discussing just some difficulty that team members had in meeting expectations. And my recommendation was actually that you get really clear core values for them where they understand where you're going and they know how to make decisions. That that without core values to make decisions, it is very, very difficult. And many people, it's not that they're lazy or ill-willed, it's that they don't want to get their head bitten off and they don't know how to make a good decision because you have not made it clear. So I think that's a really big deal. You know, for us, every quarter, we, we review our core values, our mission statement, our goals and objectives really over the course of about a half day. And there's times where it's like, can we really afford to do this? You know, and the answer is always yes. We are so much better for it afterwards because as we think about like, why do we exist? Okay, these are the objectives that we have coming up based on where we want to go in our mission and with our core values. How are we going to make these decisions? It becomes so tangible and clear to start at the level of vision and then you slowly work your way down through mission and core values to your goals and objectives. And and it's a really big deal. So for your company, if you think about it, you know, vision is the world that you believe can exist, right? What's the world that you want to exist someday? And then mission is how your company is going to get there or your, your part in bringing that world to existence. Core values guide your behavior on the way. They're like guardrails on the highway so you don't go flying off course. And I just, I think it's just so powerful when you make these things tangible and actionable. And my recommendation would be that in your regular team meetings that you give 10 bucks to somebody in front of the whole company and acknowledge them for exhibiting a core value and talk about what that is and why. And you start doing that over time. I mean, People change their behavior. People will do the behavior you incentivize. And if you're publicly recognizing people for the right behaviors, it is really going to make a difference in your business. Now, one thing that we unfortunately didn't have time to get into in this conversation was goals and objectives because it doesn't stop with core values. That feeds into goals and objectives, and that's actually going to be next week's episode. I'm going to sit down with Matt Bradley again, and we're going to talk very specifically about this because... Once we know the world that we want to exist, our mission in helping bring that world to existence, and then all of our core values that that dictate our behavior to get there, goals and objectives start to work themselves out. And truly in our company at Wi-Fi, we have five goals over the next four years. And what we've done then is we actually break those goals down by quarters. And we talk about what needs to happen this quarter and next quarter and the quarter after And that's all based on our core values and our mission. And it is an incredible rhythm that gives us just immense clarity and direction where every team member knows exactly what's expected of them. So I'm really excited for you to hear the third part of this conversation. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's it's fire time. And I just want to say, you know, we've shouted this out before, but I want to give a a head nod to Napoleon. They've been a company that, that really, you know, with, without needing any recognition has just kind of quietly and and silently supported this podcast for, for a long time. And, and, you know, their contributions mean a lot that, that they believe in this content and they want to see it get out to the industry. So I just want to say thank you for that. And to everyone that contributes it, it, it really means a lot. Now, as we as we get ready to go into next week, I want to leave you with one objective, and, and that would be to take out a piece of paper, and I want you to write down what would happen to your team if everyone knew what was expected of them, where you were going, 
and how to make a decision. I want you to write that down. What would that look like for your team? I'm absolutely convinced that when teams are aligned, everything starts to take care of itself. And that's what I want for you. So hope you have an amazing week. We'll talk again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn it down.